Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor and I am very excited about this week's guest. She is an author. She is a host of the podcast More Than This. She's also the co-founder of Two Black Girls Consulting. Welcome to the show, Danielle Prescott. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's crazy to like hear all those things. I'm like, oh yeah, that is true. <laughs> have you ever been asked to like write like a bio about yourself and then you like as you're writing it you're like wait I do all of these things yeah all that and it's funny because now that I am an author uh like a lot of the the marketing stuff and book sale stuff is about you doing a lot of self-promotion which a lot of people who are writers and nothing else find really difficult um, and it is kind of like awkward and embarrassing, but it gets easier the more you do it. Um, but I was like, yeah, I do do all that stuff. That's crazy. You do. And you do more stuff and you've done more stuff. Like when I was thinking of like, oh, how am I going to introduce her? I'm like, there are so many things that I can choose from, like former fashion editor, like just you, you've done and do a lot of things. Um, and I thought about this actually this morning because you definitely don't know this because I mean, I haven't told you there'd be no way for you to know this, but I have been following you online since I was like in college. So over a decade ago, I was following you on Twitter like moons ago. And I remember this was like when Fashion's Night Out was like the thing for New York Fashion Week and you would tweet the most hilarious things about just like the fashion world and and everything in a way that I wasn't seeing anyone talk about the fashion industry in New York. And I was like, I love this girl. And I've been following you in some form since then, which is wild. Oh my God. That's so funny. Sometimes I think about like old things I tweeted and it's so cringy, but I have been using, you know, the internet as my personal diary for as long as I can remember. Like I had a live journal I had a MySpace, you know what I mean? And I just would like write like my actual thoughts, which is definitely something that can get people in trouble now. So, and, and the more that like I have gotten quote unquote a following, there's just like the more reserved and careful I've had to be. And sometimes that sucks. (laughs) Like it definitely sucks. Yeah. Like, it's just not as fun. Like, there's like a lot of people who, you know, might not get your sense of humor or like understand that you're joking. Like, if you follow me on Instagram, like you probably see in that I post a lot about this, this um, virginity club at Brigham Young University in Utah. And it is so funny because people are incensed all the time being like, are you a virgin? Like, is this true? Is this satire? And I'm like, what the fuck does it matter? It's funny. Like, why are you so like distracted by whether or not it's like true? It's amazing. Like, and yeah, if I say I'm a virgin today, I'm a virgin today. If I say I'm not tomorrow, I'm not tomorrow. Like it's really none of anyone's business, but the fact that like, you know, it it makes, it makes the internet like a lot less fun now. I think. Uh, I mean, yeah. Once it kind of, goes from because like you said I mean you were posting on like live journal I don't know if you still have access to yours I have access to mine it's very disturbing I I like apologized to my parents after reading my live journal like that was the first thing because I was like 
my mom is the worst. She won't take me to the mall. Like I'm like literally 14 years old writing paragraph after paragraph about how like unjustly I'm being treated by my parents because my mom doesn't want to take me to the mall after she's been at work all day. And it's like, mom, I'm so sorry. I was a monster, but I used to very much just say everything and I still kind of do. It's really me just constantly trying to be like, you know what, Norm, maybe maybe don't say that because I Mm. like sharing things. But once you gain a following online and there is kind of more attention on your public persona, it's like, yeah, you want to be more thoughtful and mindful about some of the things you say, because especially when you have a sense of humor and your sense of humor is like a little bit darker, a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. more, uh, not as palatable to everyone. It's, it's tricky. Yeah, it is. And you do like the bigger your following is, I think the more responsibility you have to not be reckless because you don't want to necessarily, like, I think that influencing Mm -hmm. influencers, people with followings already have such a complicated reputation. And so you don't want to be responsible for adding to that by like, you know, just because you want to make a joke. So it's, it really does come with like a lot more responsibility. And I've also just gotten older. Like I, I probably was like 19 or 20 when I was tweeting that stuff. Cause I went to NYU. So I was in the fashion industry. Like when I was 18, I got my first internship. So I was like young in there. I was at parties. I couldn't even legally drink, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that makes a big, big difference. And now I'm 33 and I don't even drink at all anymore. I'm totally sober. So it's like, there's just like, it's just a lot of life changes that go on and all that stuff kind of follows you around for better or worse. You know, I mean, first of all, as someone who doesn't drink, I love that. I, when I meet people who don't drink, I don't know. It just, I'm like, Oh my God, it's not, I am not the only, I'm not going to be the only person here being asked repeatedly if I want to drink. And um, I do like to call any of my friends who are not Muslim, who don't drink. I'm like, you're, you're Muslim. Like (laughs) you're already one step closer than most Muslims. So, you know, you could be an honorary Muslim if you want, but um, what made you decide to, to stop drinking? Well, I started seeing this nutritionist for a story and he gave me a toxicology test. And basically like my toxicology was off the charts because I was putting toxins in my body faster than I could metabolize them. And I really did always feel kind of low grade, terrible. And I didn't know it was because of drinking. Like I was, my sleep was messed up. Like I, my eating schedule was messed up. And so he was just like, why don't you stop drinking? And I did. And I'm not even kidding. After the first week, in my face, people were like, wow, you look amazing. Like everyone just started complimenting me out of nowhere. And I was just like, huh. And then I really discovered that I just like my life better like that. I feel that I'm more efficient. I don't get distracted as much. My sleep is better. My workouts are better. Like everything just improved when I stopped drinking every now and then, like I'll go to a wedding and I'll have a few drinks or something like that. But I already know how bad I'm going to feel So it's not like I actively pursue drinking. I just like life like way better. And I have become in the last like two years way more of a cannabis person. So if I do feel like I need some sort of, I'm a really anxious human in general. So 
like if I do need to chill out in some regard, like I'll do an edible or I'll smoke a little bit, but alcohol is just so destructive in my opinion. I just really don't vibe. I mean, (laughs) I I agree with that, which is why, like, I think a lot of times people just assume like, oh, you're Muslim and that's why you don't drink. And I think it's a big part of it. But also when I really think about it, I'm like, what benefit is this actually doing for me? And like, I feel like when I really think about it, I'm like, I don't know that this would help the quality of my life. So why would I introduce something into my life that I don't think will be good overall? And also it's expensive. I'm gonna be honest with you. I save so much money. Like we go to, I go to dinner and I'm like, wow, I am a cheap date because (laughs) like, it just, you know, you order what a meal and maybe like a dessert and it's still going to be less. But um, I also feel like you are someone who's been very candid about like dating from mm. for the last like, I don't know, over a decade that I followed you. It's just something that I feel like I think you had a blog or like I a did. Tumblr. I did, yes, yeah. you did like a dating um, blog. And now you're creating or you have created a TikTok series dating Danielle, which I am very into. I'm very, I, I'm like always just like, wait, has Danielle gone on dates? I need updates. I need to know. I do need to update it. And it's so annoying because like, I want to, but I'm like, oh, the thought of sitting down to make video, you know how it is. It's yes. like so irritating. I'm like, yes. I don't want to, but I do want to tell people that there are updates. But you're like, <laughs> you're like I, there are juicy updates. I just, the thing about creating content is I think once it becomes in any way a part of your job, it just suddenly like more tedious. It just instantly more tedious. And like when you have other jobs too. So I'm like, okay, like I have worked a full day. I don't want to turn on my ring light and now sit here and like essentially work more. Like I, and I got really burnt out at the end of last year. Like we're, we're, I don't know when this is going to come out, but we're talking the beginning of January. And I was just like, I can't right now. And I was like, I'm going to give myself a break and just worry about it when I can. I think a lot of people are feeling extremely burnt out, like collectively. It, I don't know. It, feel, it felt like last year, for a second, I couldn't remember what last year was. It was 2020. <laughs> yeah. It was just more exhausting than any year has ever been. And I was like, but 2020 should have obviously been more mentally and physically draining, but I think it was like the culmination of 2020 leading into 2021 and just, you know, like, okay, COVID is not as, you know, relevant anymore. Just kidding. It actually is. And like, it was like a lot of stress. And then I think as far as like work, things were picking up like business as usual after kind of I felt like it slowed down for a while there in 2020 and it wasn't as busy. And I don't know. I think it is this very like weird burnout time that January has become where I think, I don't know, I'm just tired. Like at any given moment, no matter how much I've slept or how much I have or haven't done, like I am in a constant state of like, I'm tired. I'm trying to really ease myself into doing stuff this year. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, now you live in New York, so you can understand just like the pace of life is just, you, you don't really ever get to have a break. You know, I, I, when I lived in New York, now I live in New Orleans, but when I lived in New York, I started kind of experimenting with trying to walk slower 
because like you are always kind of racing. And so I was like, let me see if I can walk slower. And you actually can't because the force (laughs) of the people will push you no matter what. You cannot just be like meandering around New York City. And so now I live somewhere where it actually is slower. But then I feel like because I moved here, my vibration is so off. Like I vibrate at a New York frequency and everyone else is vibrating way lower and slower. And so I look especially crazy and I'm trying not to because I'm like, it really is so unnecessary. Like once you're out of that environment, like I'm like, I don't need to perform to those standards anymore, you know? And I think so for me, I mean, I, I just moved to New York like in September and, but I've always been that just always been the girl who's like fucking walking fast. Like I have nowhere to be or nothing to do. I just like, my legs are just like, I don't know where they're going. So that part, I don't, I don't mind as much, but something that I noticed, because I'm a very routine based person is the routine that had been working for me for so long when I was living in Florida, no longer works for me in New York. And it wasn't even, it's not even necessarily because I'm not like a fast paced person. It's just such a different environment. And I think things just take so much longer here because you can't just like jump in your car and, you know, get something done. So I think that's a big part of it. But how has that been for you, like transitioning into moving from New York to New Orleans? Like, has there been this kind of like weird shift where you feel like your routine, if you have one, isn't kind of fitting in with this new lifestyle? It's funny because I like to think of, I'm like, I must be the most intense person here. Like I am so type A, so intense, so focused. And I think it's really off-putting to a lot of people. Like I show up early to almost everything. And like, that's to your point, because in New York, you budget time because you're budgeting time for public transportation. You're budgeting time for walking somewhere and maybe having to sign in at a security desk and then go up in an elevator. Like you, you know, you don't just like it's and here there is I show up early and they're like, whoa, what are you doing here? And they're always surprised. Um, and I'm like, aren't there forms to fill out or something? Like, I mean, even a doctor's office, they're always just like, this is a lot. Um, and so it has been like a little jarring for me, like culturally, like, I don't know if I vibe that much with New Orleans, but I did move here with the intention to like slow my life down a little bit and just make it easier. So New Orleans is called the big easy. And it truly is in a very easy place to live for the most part. And everyone is go with the flow type. And I am not really like that, but I re- recognize that I do need elements of that in my life. So like I'm trying to work with that more. And it is difficult because I work with most of my work is either in LA or New York and like in some cases Europe. So I'm not really like working in like a local scene, but I am like trying to socialize in a local scene. And, you know, I like put things in my Google calendar all the time. I'm very married to like my Google calendar and people here are just like, yeah, I mean, we'll show up like at 11 ish. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Like I don't, and I don't have a car here. So I'm like, okay, well if I have to bike there, then I probably have to leave at 10 30. And I don't know. it's, It's just very, it's very different. And I think that, it caused a lot of friction when I first moved here and I haven't really found people that also live 
like this, but I'm hopeful that I will. It's just, I, you know. I'm hopeful that you will. I'm like, I, all of the things that you were describing about being like just generally a very intense, the Google calendar, the everything that is so me at my core, like, mm-hmm. and in Florida, it was very weird for everyone yeah. that I was doing these things. And then I move here yeah. and it's like, everyone else is like that. And I'm like, Oh my God, I yeah. found my people. These are exactly, they understand that I like things to be scheduled. They understand that I like to know exactly when we're going to be at a place and, and have a better idea of like what my day is going to look like. And I just was never able to kind of incorporate that like more laid back you know, kind of approach to life because also I'm an anxious person. And I, the idea of it, even speaking about it right now is making me anxious. It's like, Nora, relax. Mm -hmm. No one is making you do that. You don't have to do it. But I'm like, I don't want to do like, it's just, it's, but I think it is good. Like, I think that there is something to be gained from like, kind of willing to be more flexible almost. I think that's what it is. Like kind of allowing yourself to divert in some small ways so that you're not as strict with yourself, yeah. maybe? There is, I think, a toxicity to how disciplined I am, how structured I am, how obsessed I am with that. But I will say that that is the only way I know how to be successful. And so um, moving to a place like New Orleans, I also, and now I'm a business owner and I'm observing, you know, that I am in a hugely different economic position than I ever like imagined because in New York, I was like at the low end. I lived in Manhattan and in my neighborhood, I think the median income was like 170 something thousand dollars a year. And I'm like, okay, I'm just at the low end of like like meeting the median of this neighborhood that I live in. So I'm constantly feeling like I got to do more. I got to get more. I got to like, you know, go for more. And then I come to New Orleans and I'm like, I can comfortably afford absolutely anything I want in my wildest dreams. I can get it. Like, I'm like, I can just get it. And so, but I'm also like, the only reason I can do that is because of how hard I worked in New York and how hard I'll continue to work. And certain people here just don't have that. And I'm like, Oh, well, that is, I think, part of the reason why we have such a huge difference in how we are financially able to do things. Um, and I don't know whether that's good or bad because a lot of people here don't really care about having the big house and the Tesla and you know the latest iPhone. They don't really care. Um, and that is also a very coastal, I wouldn't even say just New York. I think coastal status markers of things. And I grew up on the East Coast. So I'm like, all of that is deeply ingrained in me. Um, And so I'm like, okay, do I need to go this hard? Because I can now live in a place where I am more than comfortable. I'm like, I don't need to go. So I don't need to overwork myself and do those things to that degree. So like, how can I try to find more balance? And I feel like, like, as you're saying it, I'm like, yes, this is healthy. This is a healthy mindset. But also I'm just like, it's this weird, I think it's also for, for me, I I don't know if this is like a shared experience, but I also just feel like when you are 
a woman and you are in your 30s and you're kind of, you know, independent in a lot of ways, like there's also this part of my mind that's like, even if I feel comfortable, I should be doing more because I want to like protect myself. Like I just want to make sure that I am always able to live comfortably and, you know, kind of not have to worry about this, which is funny because it's like in order to avoid potential stressors, you're like putting a lot of immense stress on yourself. So like either way, it's it's so much stress. One of my toxic traits is absolutely hyper-independence and I'm obsessed with being able to do stuff myself. I never need anyone. I don't need like, you know, and I don't know if you feel this too, like in dating, but like people especially when you are dating straight men, there's always this like assumption that you're like a gold digger or like, you know, like it, it's projected upon you like constantly, constantly. And I'm like, I out earn almost every man I come into contact with like by a lot. So I'm like, what gold do you think I'm digging for me? And that makes me feel good. It buoys up my self-esteem to know that like you can never give me that label ever. You know, no, I and want I literally the bare minimum from men. Like genuinely, it's like, can you be? Can I be around you and not be annoyed from you? Like, I don't want you to do anything for me because, like you just mentioned, I also have this just like hyper independence. I actually recently mm-hmm. told my mom, which I don't think she was delighted by this. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's like a weird trauma response to like how busy you you and dad were. And like, I have so many siblings and like, you guys uh-huh. just had a lot to deal with. And I was the youngest and I just like came through and my parents were older. Everyone always thought they were my grandparents, which was fucked up and ageist for children yeah. to assume that my parents were my grandparents. I'm like, no, my mom is just a fertile Palestinian woman who can have a child at the age of 41. Fuck off. Um, but it it is this really great thing that I am super proud of because I feel like if there is anything I need to do, I can figure out a way to do it. Like I genuinely, That's truly yes. feel it and it, it's super empowering and I love it. But it's so crazy to me that men really don't like it. Like no one has outright suggested me. They've never said like, I hate how independent you are, but like, I can just tell that I'm like, oh wait, this is like making you feel some type of way. Like you feel insecure. You feel like I don't need you. You feel like the assumptions that you may have had about me were incorrect. And now you feel dumb. Okay. So I also have experienced this in moving to the South, because in New York, I would say that every girl is like me. Like you can't exist in New York and not be a ferocious overachiever. Like it's just not possible. And so I feel like that is the norm. And then I come here and a lot, it's like the Southern woman thing. I am so direct. I'm so like, I'll handle things myself. Like always I'll figure out, I'll never ask you for anything. Um, and I think that is causing a lot of tension in like me trying to seek out a partner here. Um, and on top of it all, like my primary love language is acts of service, but I'll never let anyone do anything for me. So how sick is that? Like, I'm so creeped out right now because I'm like, why, why am I like listening to myself describe myself? Because (sighs) my love language that I like to receive is also acts of service. And I love when my dad does stuff for me. I love when my sisters do stuff for me. I fucking hate anyone else doing anything for me. And I would, 
I would sooner like, I don't know, do some crazy shit than ask someone, especially a man to do something. I don't want to ask you to do anything. I don't want to need something from you. And it's not because I feel like, oh, like I now owe you something. It's not that because I love doing things for other people. Like I don't mind it at all. But it's this just weird, like, I don't, I don't even want to involve you in this because you're probably incompetent and I'm just going to be able to get it done more efficiently myself. I think it's also that which I guess could be insulting because as you mentioned, being direct, I'm very direct. So I probably would word it a little bit nicer than that, but something along the lines of like, you're going to do it fucking wrong anyway. So I'm just going to do it myself. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to explain to you uh, how to get this done. But for me, something that I think I started reflecting on within the last year is like, I want to try to like train my brain to be more, for lack of better words, traditionally feminine in the way that like, I'm not as independent or just, you know, super controlling over everything that I get done in my life when it comes to a romantic relationship, because I think it also kind of sets a foundation especially in the beginning stages of when you're like dating someone where it's like, if you don't expect anything from them, if you do then later need something, they're like, wait, what? They're like shocked and confused. And then that's disappointing because, you know, if you're going to be with someone and they're going to be your partner, like you, you eventually, no matter how independent you are, you're going to maybe want or need something from them. But I have been trying to be like less direct but I also think that I'm now giving up on it because I'm like, no, that doesn't feel true to who I am. Like, why am I going to alter who I am innately to like appease a man and like create like a foundation for a healthy relationship? Like if it works, it works. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Um, I too have been trying to tap more into my feminine energy. Um, and that is mostly like by not, trying not to make men feel dumb about things. <laughs> I'm like, tell me what you've learned because I only know how to make men feel dumb, but it's not my fault that they're fucking dumb. They are so dumb. It's awful. Um, yeah, I've been trying to do that, but I will say that last year in 2021, I made one of my resolutions, like accept people's help and don't be weird about it. And I, I first started doing that in my professional life and it allowed me to like, because I'm like, you look, you want to write a book. You cannot do this by yourself. Like there's many, many, many people that have to help you on this journey. So you have to start accepting that help. And so once I started doing that, it became easier to like let guys do things for me. Um, So I like, I worked myself into an illness. I got this crazy cyst on my back last year. It was so painful. It was terrible. And um, I was like talking to this guy and I didn't really like him, but like, he was like, well, do you need anything? And I was like, you know what? I do need stuff and I can't walk to Dwayne Reed. So I'll send him a list. And he bought me everything. Then he bought me ice cream. And I was like, look at this. Like, that's so nice. You know? Um, and that's what I needed at the time. And I'm like, okay, like I need to do more of that. But I also think that like one of my fears is that I will become 
too dependent on someone else and expect that kind of response and then they'll disappear, you know? Yes. And then I'm yes. like, and then, and now how stupid are you that you don't know how to like hang this photo? You should have just learned because why did you need to depend on that person? Um, so I'm also trying to get more comfortable with the idea that like things are just in flux and flow all the time. So I don't, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a fixed person. So I'm like, if I, let this person into my life. I want them to stay. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yes. what I want. Yes. And it's hard to manage. Yeah, no. And it's like, you, you want to, you know, just coming back to like, you know, sharing things online. I think that with that comes a lot of vulnerability. And I think for people who have been existing on the internet for a long time, feeling vulnerable online is this like easy, comfortable thing. But for some reason, again, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but for me, I don't know that it translates into my interpersonal relationships as much, which is so fucking weird and unnecessary. And it's like- Do you ever feel like you want to date someone and then they look you up online? Every time, every, I know that they have, then then I'm instantly, you know how everyone on TikTok is like the ick it yeah. instantly gives me the ick because they'll just say something. And it's always positive. It's not like they're like, oh, you're on the internet. Ew. They're like, oh, wow. Like, you're like a model. Like, you have – you're famous. And I'm like, ew. Like, oh. <laughs> like, it just instantly makes me just feel like I am so repulsed by you. Don't say that to me. Like, uh-huh. do I jokingly tell my sister that I'm a celebrity and that if she wants to talk to me to email my manager? Yes. But, like, yeah. that's obviously a joke. And, like, I don't – It's like, I don't know. It just, it, I wish that there was like a way for them to just never be able to find me online. But uh, unfortunately I am all over the internet and that's my fault. That's my fault. Yeah, I know. It's, it's definitely, um, strange, but I do feel that I'm extremely honest and open with people that I meet. I'm just a chronic oversharer in general. So like, if I'm talking to you, I'm probably telling you something crazy. Oh, and I, mean, I know, like yeah. that's how I bond people. I'm like, okay, like let tell me the worst thing that ever happened to you when you were ten. <laughs> like that's what I love. You're like I want to do that with everyone I know now, and that's the thing. I I will overshare. Like I will meet a guy and I will tell him all types of fucked up things, and I yeah. don't care. But like it's more so <laughs> that like vulnerability in the sense of like br- allowing that person into my life and like totally th- telling myself in my mind that like this person is here permanently. Like, I feel like I always just kind of want to like keep them a little bit, like I want them to prove something to me. I don't know what, especially because I'm not letting them do things. So like, how are they going to prove anything if I'm not even, it's, it's a weird thing that I'm like, as I, as I grow and, and reflect, I'm like, oh wow, I need to figure this out because it's not good. (laughs) I would do like, several forms of bodily torture before I like admit that I like a guy like like truly before I tell a boy that I like him like I'm like okay what uh, like you could run me over with a truck like you could drag me behind a car you know like there's so many other things that I would rather have done to me that seem way easier than like me telling a guy that I like him or like letting him know that like he's important to me yeah no and I think I also think that like, because I'm so like open and blunt, like when I was in my twenties, I was just 
you know, I didn't care about anything. Everything felt so distant. I was very much the girl who was just like, I like you. Are you going to ask me out on a date? Like, what, what, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, let's not beat around the bush. So I was very direct about it. And that's something that I wish I still had the ability to do. But I'm so jaded now that, like you said, I would sooner, you know, get hit by a moving vehicle than tell a man that because I feel like as soon as you tell a man that they're like, okay, great. I actually don't, I've impressed you enough and I don't need to do anything anymore. Totally. Yes. And I'm like, when they stop trying, it's the worst. It's like, no, you need to try forever actually, because I'm very cool and you're not. So I need you to always be trying to impress me, but that's the thing. It's like, I want them to try to impress me, but at the same time, when they try to impress me, it's disgusting. So I don't know what that means, but I'm just like, I think I was like in my early twenties and I was dating an older guy and he told me, he was like, you're like not impressed by anything. And I was like, I mean, I guess I'm really not. Sorry. I'm so cultured and have seen so many things that your little tour, he was like giving me a tour of Manhattan. He was like, let me, this building was built in blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, this is, I don't care. Like, this is not, this is useless information. I don't care about this. Um, But How do you like, let's say you like meet a guy, you like him. What, like, are you like gonna send little mix, like little hidden hints that you might like them? Or are you just very much like no hints, no nothing? You have to drag it out of me. I mean, I feel that you having like access to me at all is indication enough that I like you. Like, I don't talk to random people. I don't like strangers. You know, like me agreeing to spend time with you should be a clue enough that I like you, you know, but I have been experimenting with telling people that I like them. And like, you know, I'm seeing someone right now. And it's like such a, it's a, it's a complete mess, right? Like, cause I'm like, I have no idea what this guy is thinking or up to. He operates in a way that doesn't make any earthly sense to me. Like he, how so? We went, how so? Okay, so you went on a first. I need to do this update for my TikTok, so you will get a sneak. Oh my that. god, this we're getting the exclusive dating Danielle <laughs> update. Yeah. Yes, so you went on a first date. And I thought it went really well. And on the first date, he was like talking about a second and third date, which I thought was interesting. And then I go home and he goes home and I don't hear anything from him, like at all. He doesn't text me to be like, did you get home okay? Nothing. So then um, days later, I had I flew to L.A. and I'm in L.A. and I'm shopping in a store in Brentwood and I get a text message and it's like this, it's like a chunk of text and it's from him. And it was like, thank you so much for like listening like to me. And like, I'm sorry I didn't have more of a plan and like, it was really fun. And um, like, thank you so much for being like open-minded and like whatever he like had confessed a lot on the first date, which I thought was really interesting because I don't feel like men are like that forthcoming and he was like, it's like I said, it was like my first date in a really long time. And then he goes, 
take care and then puts a peace sign emoji. What? What does that? I was like, I was like, wait, does that mean like goodbye? Like what what, what, what does that mean? It's like a professional sign off. Like, yes. Take care. I'll never see you again. So he didn't do in the text. He didn't ask me out again, but he said he had a good time. He like thanks me for coming. And he also apologized for like not having more of a plan. But like, I was like, what are you getting at, buddy? Yeah. And I'm never this girl. I don't like, I'm not like texting my friends being like, what should I say to him? I've actually always been the person who's like, this is what you should say to this person. Like everyone always texts me to ask me. And so I'm never like that, but I had to send it to a few friends and I was like, guys, what does mean? Absolutely. Everybody was like, I am so confused by this. And so now like as a joke, my friends and I are always like, take care, peace sign. <laughs> I don't like that's such a weird like yeah like I'm like I I feel like I'm pretty good at like you know okay yeah I could see maybe what this person is trying to get across to you I have no idea what any of that means it feels like a lot of like it feels like he just like let out all of his thoughts into like a text and then and it was it- so carefully crafted I mean perfect punctuation everything was capitalized like I was just like this is weird so then I basically like turned around on him And I made it into like a little bit of a joke. And then I was like, do you want to go out again when I get back? Which like, again, is not really sitting in my feminine energy, but I just- I can see it in your face as you're saying it. You're like, I didn't want to have to do this, but I had to do this. I had to know. I'm like, are we going to see each other again or not? Because according to him, take care, peace sign. Like, so I was like, I have to know. And then he was like, yeah, I would love that. And then he started getting flirty. And I was like, what? Okay. What? What the fuck? Okay. So then we go on our second date. And okay. So also first date, I don't really ever like dress up, put makeup on nothing. But for some reason, I was like, I'm going all out. I wore head to toe new outfit. I wore makeup. So like everyone on the street was like talking to me about how beautiful I looked on our first date. I love that. But he... Was wearing like, like basketball shorts. Not basketball shorts. I think so. And like, uh, like a, like an athletic sneaker and like a, like a, a, like a long sleeve, like Under Armour, like hoodie, but like not like a sweatshirt hoodie, just like, you know? And I was like, oh, and I'm like fully. You're cute. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. So then for the next date, we went to dinner and he, I could tell he like put on his like nice outfit. And then I had, I had, I also basically asked him to like come have dinner with me. So I got back from um, LA and he still hadn't texted. He like just doesn't text. Like I don't understand this. So I texted him and asked him if he wanted to go out to this restaurant, which again is not sitting in my feminine energy, but how am I supposed to Yeah, what are you going to do? do? Yeah. So dense. So I picked the restaurant and I made a reservation because I am type A and crazy. I'm like, and- like, I, it, <laughs> like everything that you're saying, I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Because I'm like, I would absolutely do that because I can't trust you to do anything. You can't even send a fucking text that makes any sense. Right. But like, and I felt really, it, but he also, he rearranged his schedule to be able to accommodate 
mine, which I thought was like very thoughtful. That's so very nice. For that. Yes. And then when he showed up, I could tell that he like put on his like nice outfit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> At least he's putting, he's putting in the effort. And it was, I mean, I hated the outfit. Like I absolutely want to burn this but <laughs> You're like, it was horrible, but I mean, that's the other thing. Like things like that. I'm like, that's so, so easily. Yeah, exactly. You can change that. That's fine. Yeah. But I thought it was really sweet that he like did that. And then we went out to dinner and it was lovely. And he's very, he's very attentive and like complimentary. Like when we're like face to face and then like after the date again, I don't hear anything from him for days. And then he sends me a really nice text recapping our date. Did he say take care of peace? No, no take care of peace. Okay. But I was just like, what is up with this guy? Like, what is his deal? So I really don't know. I'm going to like talk to my therapist about it today (laughs) because I have no idea what she's going to say to do. Because now I'm like, Oh, I just like now I'm like, I like him and I never like anybody. I will say like, I go on so many dates, maybe like one out of every 70 guys I'll like. And so it always feels really um, rare. Yeah. And also like, oh, like, do I really want to start all over again from scratch, you know, with this person? Um. And then he just, all he does is like tell me that he, he doesn't like his phone and that he, you know, he doesn't really like talk to people. Like, it's like, he's very much like an independent loner. Is he like an engineer or something? No. He's just like assuming and stereotyping an entire career and being like, this sounds to me like he's an engineer because they are not the chattiest folks. But I think that that's so confusing because it seems like he likes you but like what are these days later weird updates days later and I and like it's like and it's like so normal like I'm like what is going on with this so I'm obviously gonna have to ask him out again and that will be my last time and I and see here's the thing I am my Mars is in Aries I am so confrontational like I will just be like, what the fuck does this mean? And like, I think that's really bad. <laughs> oh, trust me. Yeah, I, I have been holding out on confronting a man on something for, I would say, four weeks now. Because Ooh, like, that's a worth of so long. I'm like, nor what just, are you going to do? I'm just like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I've decided, I'm like, because slightly similar in the sense that we hung out. It was yeah. very nice. He yeah. seemed like we, we, we had a good time. He leaves. I don't hear from him. Went from texting me constantly prior to nothing. So I was like, maybe he's busy. Whatever. I, I'm. I really try not to take things personally because I know I just you know, whatever shit happens. Gave him a few days. I text him, mm-hmm. and he's not engaging. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't yes, feel like he's. I know. Yes. Yeah. So like I'm like. The turn. Okay, like say less, whatever. But then he still will just randomly text me shit. But then when I respond, he's not trying to have a conversation. So I was like, what do you want from me? And so, and I'm like, honestly, I'm like, I 
I'm not going to take it personally, but at the same time, I'm going to match this person's energy. And if he's being fucking weird, I'm just going to like step away because I'm not like that into it. But at the same time, I'm like, I just the confrontational part of me, I don't know anything about my birth chart, but I am an Aries. I want to, I want to text him and just be like, so like, what the fuck is this all about? Like, why are you not trying to engage in conversation with me? Like, what what's happening here? Like, what did I miss something? Like, where what's going on? This is weird. It's just weird. And I am just curious. And I just want to know not because like, I want to marry you. I just want to know because I just want to know. Yeah. yeah, because it's such weird behavior. And I totally think you have a right to know. I would prefer to confront someone in person. I don't like ever doing it on text because I think it's like men can just like really cop out and I love to like look at someone's face when I'm like you can't treat me this way which is what I want to tell this guy but my thing is like I don't think he thinks he's treating me wrong I think this is like his so I'm gonna have to be like okay I need to tell you what you need to do because I am feeling anxious based on this interaction and I don't think he's perfect. I really don't think men in Louisiana are very simple. I would be shocked, shocked if there was some grand plan to this. Okay. Like, no. I just don't think that he's trying to be malicious, whatever. I just think he is just kind of like in his own world. And he really, he doesn't have any social media, which is so attractive to oh, me. That's so hot. So, you know, he's not constantly on his phone the way I am. And probably you are too. Like, I recognize that relationship with, like, tech, like how I am on my phone is not the norm right. of people. So I'm like, okay, that has to be fine. But I'm still like, there's something off about this. And I don't like it. And I have to say something. I, I have to. I honestly cannot. It's driving me nuts. And so once I do, I'll feel so much better. But I also, like, could potentially destroy this. So that's, and that's the thing because people don't like confrontation. I love it. Like if my friend is mad at me and texts me and says, I'm mad at you, obviously I'm like really upset that I have upset them. But at the same yeah. time, I will always say, cause I'm crazy. Thank you so much for telling me because it's more just like when I confront someone, it's more so like I have enough respect for you as an individual to take the time out to like, let you know this thing. It's less of a like, attack but it always I find the person on the receiving end does usually feel attacked specifically straight Uh, men they just like whoa hey like what's going on like I thought I thought things were cool it's like no things are fine and cool but like I have questions and I'm just gonna ask you them like like I'm not allowed to ask questions but that's the other thing it's like I think a reason why another reason why there is I have this like hyper independence and like not wanting to ask things of people is like in every relationship I've ever been in it's like I feel like I need to provide men with like an instruction manual like on how to like be a human being not even like how to date me just like how to be like a normal human being like no like it's weird like you should probably like text me not five days later or like you should probably like you know if you're busy it's you know what you should do? Just like, let me know that you're busy. Just like, let me know. It's like, you know, mutual respect. And that's why I feel like I can't sit in my feminine energy because men don't do anything. And it's true inaction that makes me, I hate like stagnation. I hate, like there's nothing less attractive to me than people who's like, yeah, like this is cool. Like I have nowhere where I want to go. And I'm like, 
no, like I have to be able to trust you to like lead or take me, you know, to be able to give you that trust where I can then sit in my quote unquote feminine energy. I have to be able to trust you to do that. And so far you're not demonstrating that you're worthy of that. So I have to do everything. And it's so stressful. It literally is. And I think that this is like the, the, you know, I think being type A is so great. I'm type A, if, if you couldn't tell. It's so great. I love it. I'm so efficient. I'm so all, all the organized. It's it's wonderful. But at the same time, I feel like it's like this curse because I would love when I meet women who just are like able to like lit- really sit in that feminine energy. It's like, how, how, can, how I want to, I want to do that. And like, they're so comfortable in it. And it's like, how, how can you be so comfortable with this? How can you be so comfortable with like leaving things up to other people and like potentially not getting the results or in the quality or the way that you might be able to on your own? And it's like, yeah, I, I definitely have been, like I said, I'm trying to lean more in to my femininity, but like, I think that I am at the point where like, I I might just need to accept that I'm not going to be like that. And maybe I will find the right person who will later allow me to do that at some point in time, which I'm a little hopeful because my mom is super type A, but Mm -hmm. my dad does a lot of things for her. And she, Mm -hmm. although she is still doing so much, it's mainly just for like her career. So there's not much she could do for it either way, but all of the other things he takes care of, everything else and she seems comfortable with it so I'm like maybe I have hope I know I I mean my parents have a very interesting relationship too but it's it's I think certainly more traditional than I feel comfortable having in my life but I also wonder if like there is like if there is something to like being a woman of color that you're denied access to that femininity because I just feel like, I don't know how, if you feel this way, but I just like, I feel like I have to fight for so much. Always. And it's so hard to turn that off. And I don't know when I get to, if ever. And so it's like, maybe that is what ends up being off-putting, but I'm also like, I'm always fighting. I'm always on the defensive, like no matter what, like, you know, I'm having an existential crisis right now because what you just said to me, I had never considered prior. And I'm like, Oh fuck that adds up and makes like lots of sense because yeah. Like I think just in general, when you are from any marginalized group, like you just, you have to, like, it's expected of you. There's no, and it's just like, that is the only option for survival is to constantly be fighting for things and like explaining things. And like, you know, and I think for yourself, cause you feel like no one else is going to stand up for you. Like, I'm like, I know that no one is going to give me the pass to be like, Oh yeah, we think you're worthy. So I'm like, I got to give it to myself. But like, when do you get to turn that off? Cause I'm like, never like ever. <laughs> no. And I just recently, like I've been be in the influencer space for like eight years. I've never yeah. had a team. I've never had management because yeah, yeah. I'm so type a. And also I just feel like no one will fight for me the way I can fight for myself and no one will yeah. do the things for me that I, and I just recently 
signed to management, which is a very big deal for me. Like this is the first time I'm announcing it. Like people are probably like, holy shit, you crazy person. You're finally, but I think the only reason why I felt comfortable with it is because I was contacted by a manager who is a black woman. And I feel like she gets, she will understand, like she will get it. And like, I just, Every other time I'd been reached out to was always a white girl, which, you know, I'm sure maybe you're a nice person, maybe you're not, I don't know. But I just never thought that they would, A, understand me in a real way, or B, Mm -hmm. fight for me in the way that I deserve to be fought for, you know, like, not to make it seem like I'm in love with my manager, and I'm like, she's fighting for (laughs) me, and we're gonna kiss. But like, no, it just, it really does come down to that. And it's everything from just like, you know, talking to someone face to face, because I don't know about you, but like, I feel like I'm always calling customer service over the phone for some stupid issue. And over the yeah. phone, yeah. I feel like I can get more things done. And then face to face, suddenly, not so much. And I'm like, oh, I think there is a visual element to this that is making wow. you less inclined to want to help me or think that yeah. I actually yeah. know what you should be doing because you think that I'm a dum-dum. Yeah. Um but it's like, yeah, I think that that definitely probably plays a huge role. Like, I, I'm, you gave me a lot to think about just in that sentence. I'm like, oh fuck, I need to reflect on that because yes, that is that adds up. Yeah, and it's hard too. Like, I think that I read this article in Time about single people, and they're like, like everyone is lonelier than ever, and it's harder for people to find partners. But there's also, in particular, a massive gap between women of color and men in general. And it's because, like, we're more educated than ever and we do make our own money. Like, we don't need anything. And so men feel very discarded. So they look for women who do have more of that dependency. They like need them for things. And it's just like, usually that's not going to be a woman of color. Like, I mean, and I think that for the most part, white women and non-white women, everyone I know is super ambitious. Like, I just like, can't imagine like surrounding myself with people who aren't. Um, but it's a, it's a very like thorny thing, especially to like move from, from New York to the South. I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) Like I, like people who work like me and live like me are not really that common here. Yeah, no, I mean, every time I've been home to Florida since I've moved here, I'm like, no, I I get it now why I was always a little weird, but like not in a bad way, just like different. Like I'm like, oh no, this is making so much sense because like in New York, every person I meet is doing a million things simultaneously, just always doing more. And I feel like in Florida, everyone I know has a very traditional career and a very kind of traditional view of like how they want their life to be. And something that you've done that I've broached to like a few people and I feel like they're just always like, oh, that's really crazy. I feel like this is like a big topic for me to bring up towards the end of the podcast. But I did want to just mention it is that you froze your eggs. And that's something that I had been thinking about a lot recently, I'm turning 33 at the end of March. And I'm like, you know, I, you know, 
want to, I again, want to protect myself. I want to feel secure and having children is something that I would like for myself, regardless of whether I have a partner or not. It's just something that I know I want to do. Um, but what kind of like, what was, was there something that was just kind of the impetus to be like, no, I need to do this. I think that I'm kind of one of those people that's like, I want to be prepared for every scenario. And um, I had had a lot of older friends um, and like people who I had worked with. Like I saw a lot of women like struggle with fertility and it's primarily because, you know, when you're working in New York, you're so focused on your career for at least two decades. And then by the time you get to, you know, being like 40, you're like, okay, great. I finally have enough money. I maybe have a partner, like I'm ready to have children. And then you don't even realize that like you maybe there are obstacles to that because you've spent so much of your life avoiding pregnancy. And I was like, I want to get pregnant. It's like, Oh no, no one even told me I should prepare for this. And so I had a friend who did it. She was a little bit older than me. And she was just like, look, it's just like an insurance policy. Hopefully you never have to use them. But like, if you can do it, why wouldn't you? And I was kind of like, yeah, like, and I, I really went to, I went to two different places to just do the ultrasound and blood work just to check and see like what my fertility was like. And they were both like, we have no, like, there's nothing for us to believe that you wouldn't get pregnant naturally. Like you probably don't even need to do this, but if you want to, you can, but you know, and I really respected that because you know, everything is about making money and sales. sales. Yeah, I'm like, like a, that's surprising. A it's, it's expensive. And so I was like, okay, I really respect that. They're just being honest enough to be like, you don't need to, or you can, if you want to. And I ultimately decided that I just wanted to, because the younger you are, the better it is. Yeah. Um, like we should probably all do this. Like when we're in college, <laughs> no, like, literally I'm like, when, when all the eggs are like, just what, what are they even doing? Right. So I'm like that it would be the time and you probably have, it's, it's a, it's a process though. And it does take up, it's, it's physically difficult and it does take up a lot of your time. And it was really lonely to do. Like I did it all by myself. Like I had to give myself those shots every single night and, it was just really hard yeah. because no one else really understood. And I still had to go to work every single day and then also get my blood drawn and do an ultrasound every single day. It was just, it was difficult. Um, but I'm also trying to wrap my head around the idea that like, maybe you'll be a single mom. So maybe you have to learn to do more stuff by yourself. Um, I want to have a partner and I want to have like, what would be more like a traditional family structure. That's how I grew up. And I loved that experience. I think it's important to try and replicate that if you can, but like, if I can't, okay, like maybe I'll do it by myself. You know, I love the way you think because you think like me. <laughs> I'm like, I agree with everything you just said. Cause yeah, like, would it be nice to have someone help you raise a child? course like yeah that would be nice kids are a lot and I've been an aunt since I was five years old so like I yeah. I like very I've never had a child but like I feel like I know too much but that's the other thing I'm like I have all of this useful you know information and I think I am just a naturally maternal person and it's like I'm not gonna let you know, this variable of me finding a man be the thing that stops me from doing something that I sincerely believe 
would I would be good at doing and I want to do. So like, why would I not? But yeah, no, I think in general, I mean, I have a sister who raised her daughter by herself. Uh, she was a single mom from when my niece was like one and a half. And like, her daughter is the best. Like if any of my nieces are listening to this or anyone, they're going to be so offended, but her daughter is the best and she did the best job and she was a single mom and everyone else, they had both parents involved and you know, they're great, but not as good as Lily. Um, (laughs) And I'm, so I'm like, it, it's very much doable. It can be done. It's just like, I think also when you are that hyper independent, you're like, I'm already doing everything else. Yeah. I'm so tired. I'm so maxed out all the time. I'm like, I don't know, but I would also rather do it by myself than like do it with, with one of the guys that I've dated who I'm just like, I don't, I don't want your influence over my child. I don't want you near my child. I don't want you in the vicinity, the general vicinity of my child. Any guy that I've ever dated, I don't even want them to look at any of my (laughs) children. Like I I don't even want you to, speaker I don't know just go away so so glad so glad you like it's anytime someone is like oh me and my boyfriend broke up and then they'll start telling you things I'm like you're gonna be like, so grateful that you broke up with this person one day because yeah no I'm just really glad that a lot of my relationships well all of them I guess did not work out because I'm like oh my god I would have had to have a child with that human being I would hate that so much and that's the other thing I think when you are thinking about men and you're thinking about like starting a family with them, it does make you kind of look at them in a different way where like the way they dress, all those things don't really matter. It's like, would would I want you to be a parent to my child? Really? Yeah. And I just feel like you can't say that to men because then they're like scared or I don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we can't bring it up. No, no, no. It's like, no, I don't even know what a kid is actually. So that's so crazy that you brought that up. Um, but <laughs> I, I feel like there are so many other things I want to talk to you about, but I'm like, I feel like this is a good ending point. And I'm, I'm so glad that we were finally able to do this and, and have you. I know it was and, really fun. I hope I can come back. Yes, I'm like, I feel like we need a part two because there are easily <laughs> 20 other things that I want to talk to you about. Um, but where can people find you online? Plug, plug all of the things. Okay, well, I'm on Instagram at Danielle Prescott, P-R-E-S-C-O-D, and I'm on TikTok as well, Danielle Prescott 7. It's like, <laughs> for some reason, kind of get my name. Um, and that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, my book comes out in October, so look out for that. Oh yeah, exciting. And it's really exciting. Um, well, I'm going to have all of Danielle's social media links in the episode description. As always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Arab American Cycle, where you will see a beautiful photo of Danielle. And as always, guys, you can follow me on Instagram where I'm just, you know, yelling at my cats, probably. <laughs> I don't fucking know. They vomited on my couch like multiple times in the last 24 hours. Um, and as always, guys, Don't forget to wear your sunscreen, floss your teeth. Don't be a fucking asshole. And I will talk to you guys next Sunday.